So my family's so great. They take us all to Disney World. Me, my brothers, my sister-in-laws. We're there for the week, enjoying the time. It's very last, towards the last day. We'd spent all day at, I don't know if it was Epcot or MGM, and we had found these great seats to end the day off with this great show that's about to start. All of a sudden, my emotions start building. I'm kind of like Ursula. You ever seen Ursula where she starts to get angry and she it's during the little mermaid and then she like doubles inside she multiplies <laughs> and she's like bigger and bigger and bigger until the next thing you know she's just this demonic monster that's just about to take down the world and just like i'm just gonna get you all right uh well she's particularly targeting those two the little mermaid and her boyfriend but anyways that was kind of what i was feeling like my emotions were building like ursula you could see it on my demeanor i wasn't saying a word but my uh, anger and frustration was coming out in other ways. And it was, <laughs> my brother looks over at me. He's very in tune to people's emotions. He's, he can read these things, even though I feel like mine were quite obviously, I was going insane. He looks at me and he's like, Christy, are you okay? And I'm like, no, I'm not. That's when it all comes out. I'm not okay. I'm angry. I need food right now. Immediately, my brother kicks into action. He takes me out of there. He goes over and he, we start searching for food. He finds this place. He goes in. He finds food immediately. He pays for it himself because he knows he's not only just uh, saving me. He's pretty much saving everyone around me from me exploding. And he gets me my food and immediately I calm down. Oh, okay. Everything's good. Life is good. Did that actually happen? I don't even remember. That's not who I am. That's so weird. You know, let's go see the movies. Why are we over here? Let's go watch the fireworks or whatever we're about to watch, right? So anyways, I transform into this new person. But what just happened there? I was experiencing what many of us have experienced before. It's called hangry. When you're so hungry, you get angry. And we laugh at that a lot of times like, oh, she's hangry. And we think that's an emotional, just they've got, you know, not controlling your emotions. However, there is a very direct connection between your brain and your gut, your brain and the health of your liver. And when you are not eating properly, you're not getting the nutrition you need, and your blood sugar is not balanced, you are going to experience what we call hangry. So what I was experiencing was literally a, a blood sugar imbalance. And I was about to explode and lose. Even though I'd eaten all day, you think, well, gosh, I, it wasn't going to hurt me to go a meal without food, but it might have would have hurt everybody else because I was a little out of control. Well, felt like I was very irritable. This is what we go through when we are not getting the nutrition we need. There is an imbalance. And I, I'll go through this during the podcast, but we're going to talk about uh, how even one nutrient imbalance can literally not just affect your body, your health, bring on illness, but it can even affect your emotional, mental health. And with me, what I was dealing with and what so many of us are dealing with nowadays is uh, what we call a roller coaster of our blood sugar. A blood sugar roller coaster up and down, up and down. We're not getting the nutrients we need. Uh, we're not balanced. Although this is no excuse to behave however you want to. You still need to keep, I mean, keeping your emotions behavior in check, you have control over that, however you feel. However, feelings are influenced because there are triggers in our body that can set us off, such as hormonal imbalance, when we're not getting the nutrition that we need, and when our blood sugar is all over the place. So these have a huge effect on how we're feeling and our emotions, and sometimes how we react and things that we experience, such as hangry. So I just want to point out the importance of that, and I hope that you get something out of this podcast today. Enjoy. Welcome to My Health Renewed Episode 10 with Health Coach Christy. But before we get started, let's do the disclaimer. So do you, Health Coach Christy, solemnly disclaim any and everything, never getting anything, and then everything that comes out of your mouth. Uh, okay. 
I do. Yeah, so for purposes so that you never get uh, in trouble, you just claim any and every and every and everything. And we got the clear that you can live everything and everything. But it's going to come out of your mouth and it's going to come out of your mouth. Okay. All right. There we go. Now let's get started. But we really actually have to play a normal disclaimer. Okay. My Health Renewed Podcast is here for entertainment purposes only. My Health Renewed Podcast is not intended to diagnose, treat, prevent, cure any disease or condition. It is not intended to substitute for the advice, treatment, or diagnostic of a qualified licensed professional. My Health Renewed Podcast is not making any medical diagnostic claims or be a substitute for your personal physician care. My Health Renewed Podcast does not provide a second opinion or in any way attempt to alter the treatment plans or therapeutic goals, recommendations of your personal physician. The information and opinions expressed on My Health Renewed Podcast, including my website, post blogs, recordings, videos, programs, books, etc., etc., are for entertainment purposes only. As we start to put the pieces of the puzzle together on why are we sick? Why are we dealing with a chronic illness? Where do we start in the process of healing? And when did I start from being okay to not okay? How come I can't find the words I need when I need them? I find myself more irritable, frustrated, depressed. My body hurts. My stomach hurts. My skin's breaking out. I have a hard time sleeping, dot, 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 dot. <laughs> and the list goes on. So we either blame it on age or find some excuse for what's happening to us and take little to no responsibility for our condition. And we use the words, well, I just trust it all in the hands of a professional. And so depending on what kind of professional you go to, whether it's a conventional doctor of medicine, a homeopathic, functional nutritional doctor, a naturopathic professional, your outcome and future is dependent on their knowledge. And when these guys go home, they're not dealing with what you're dealing with. It's not affecting them, but you're putting all your cards in this one. Then we have those who won't settle for what's happening with their health. We seek profession after, we, we seek professional help maybe one profession or maybe multiple professionals, along with doing our own research and learning to take responsibility over everything, including our health. And that's the person I want to speak to today in this podcast. I want to highlight one piece of the puzzle of chronic illness. And today, that piece of the puzzle that we're going to be talking about is nutrition. How does nutrition fit in the role of chronic illness? Hippocrates, father of medicine, although I I always have a challenge time saying his name's Hippocrates. I want to, you know, I usually want to say like Hippocrates or I don't know why it's hard for me to say his name so many times. I'm pretty sure if he was around, I'd just call him like, yo, what's up, hippo? He might not like hippo. Maybe I just say, hey, what's up, hip? What's up, hip? He probably liked that or something. So Mr. Hip, you know, Hippocrates, father of medicine, has made some pretty famous quotes about the power of food. A famous one well-known is let food be thy medicine and medicine be thy food. See, back then, from my understanding, is that they used food as medicine. And Hippocrates, Mr. Hippo, Mr. Hip, yo, he must have seen that there was something to this. I think what he started to understand was that nutrition, when broken down in our systems, become the molecular building blocks our bodies need and utilize for good health. Every cell in our body needs proper nutrients, it needs it to function, and we don't get the nutrition through substances man-made in a lab. Yes, man-made some incredible products, and they can be great for emergencies, but not to sustain us. Nothing compares to what God has made in nature and how our bodies react to what God's made compared to what man's made. 
Yet, so many of us, when something bigger rises, we run to a man-made solution rather than a God-made solution. And again, man has made some great solutions and discoveries, don't get me wrong, but that's not often where we immediately go to find, or that's not, that's often where we go to find our answers rather than looking at the full picture and other options. I think that's because though so many of us have not fully understood what Mr. Hippo, Mr. Mr. Hip, Hippocrates, understood when he said, let food be thy medicine and medicine be thy food. Now, I will give credit where credit is due. We have started associating our lifestyle behaviors and foods with what we eat with certain diseases such as type 2 diabetes, cardiovascular disease, and we put together that what you eat affects your weight. That's why you see so many weight loss programs targeting a lifestyle change. And you even hear people make jokes about so-and-so having a beer belly because we have correlated drinking beer with slowing one's metabolism. So you have this, this understanding of how what we eat can affect certain areas of our health, right? But what is so often not highlighted and still thrown on the rug is the understanding that lack of nutrition can promote illness, which then goes to say, can proper nutrition revive back health? In fact, when Dr. Hippocrates, Mr. Hippo, Mr. Hip, my friend, yo, Hip, what's going on? When he says, let food be thy medicine, we dismiss it with just a spoonful of sugar helps that medicine go down, right? When studies have shown that sugar can suppress the immune system for multiple hours, and when we're sick, we have weak immune system. So then we give ourselves medicine to help with the immune system, but then we give ourselves a spoonful of sugar to destroy our immune system at the same time. Does that even make sense? If Hippocrates was here today and he says, let food be thy medicine and medicine be thy food, we'd laugh. And we'd be like, no, let medicine be our medicine and what you eat doesn't matter. I'd like to see the reaction on his face to that. I mean, have you ever gone to a conventional doctor and asked them, if what you eat has anything to do with what you're experiencing, your signs and your symptoms. And in your heart, you kind of felt it did. That's why you brought it up. But the response to that question was a laugh and dismissed it as a false belief. When in reality, what you eat has everything to do with what you're experiencing. But we have done so good at creating so much confusion in this world on what's good and what's not that for the immediate attention your health is screaming for and for the limited time you are given with that doctor along with the limited studies provided for him on that subject, the doctor may possibly, maybe, possibly recommend a certain diet, maybe keto or something, but then just give you a prescription and send you on your way. Because in our reality, we are living with the mentality of let medicine be thy medicine and food doesn't matter. Or what to eat can kind of be confusing. So we just pick a diet and then think nutrition doesn't work for us and, and just have to find other ways to deal with this big problem because it's so big, right? But I'm here to tell you that what you give your body matters and everything, whether it's man-made or God-made, will build you up or break you down, mask a symptom or start to solve a problem, create a side effect, a transfer of disease, or start to support the system as a whole. These are important things you want to take into consideration before you make a decision to take something that could change the course of your future, especially if you are supposed to be on something for the rest of your life. And when someone says what you eat has nothing to do with what you're experiencing, 
don't take that response for false value or full face value. Challenge it. This is your health we're talking about. Learn to take responsibility over your own health and your future. And once you do, you may find that if an illness can be triggered from lack of nutrition, is it possible then that an illness can be treated with proper nutrition? And remember, proper nutrition does not look the same for everybody. But you say, oh, but Coach Christy, uh, not with what I'm dealing with. Mine is too serious. The stage is too advanced. Even the doctors say there's no cure. I'm going to have to say it again, okay? If an illness can be triggered from lack of nutrition, then would it make sense to treat an illness also with proper nutrition? You say, mine wasn't a nutrient deficiency. Mine's genetics. My mom, my aunt, my grandma had it. It was just a matter of time before I had it. Okay. but we have now learned that you can have the gene but never have the disease why because you need a perfect storm to trigger its appearance need that perfect storm of leaky gut environmental factor factors epigenetics all together will create a perfect storm for a genetic disease to arise so let's talk about nutrition lack of nutrition we are witnessing a multitude of people walking around with multi-nutrient deficiencies with these deficiencies, our bodies are unable to properly function. We have all these signs and symptoms, and then we start putting labels on them, uh, what we find is going on, and we start treating the signs and symptoms, chasing uh, solutions through a tunnel vision, focusing on one organ or uh, solving these certain little problems, missing the root cause or root causes. There could be multiple root causes. And one of the root causes that we may need to turn our focus on is that many of us are dealing with malnutrition. You're like, I thought that was for a poor country, like third world countries that are uh, poor and can't get nutrition. We're over here in America, we're well fed. I mean, look at us. Obesity is a problem because we have so much food. Okay, yes, we are well fed. In fact, we are overfed that our bodies are fed up. Overfed with foods that are devoid of nutrients. We are overfed and malnutritioned. The SAD, sad to say, the SAD, which is stands for the standard American diet, is high in added sugars, refined grains, processed oils, huge amounts of chemicals, dyes, preservatives. You have glyphosate, not just on our vegetables and fruits, but huge amounts now showing up in our cereals and processed foods. And not only are these foods stripped of nutrients and filled with chemicals, but in all this processing of our foods, it can create an anti-nutrient, which means, which means, okay, get this, anti-nutrient means it is preventing us from absorbing the nutrients we are or could possibly get in that food. So it's not only devoid of nutrients, it also has anti-nutrients, which means it's not only, we're not only missing the nutrients, but now it's keeping us from absorbing what nutrients might even be in there and what our body could use, utilize for good health. So we are gaining weight, storing more toxins in our cells, but left depleted of what we need to repair and maintain the body. We are witnessing a multitude of chronically ill people walking around with what could possibly be a multinutrient deficiency. But instead of describing what a multinutrient deficiency looks like, I wanna bring it back a little bit and show you what something so simple to understand what one, just a single nutrient deficiency looks like. And then when we see that, then you can imagine, just imagine multi-deficiencies and what that could possibly entail. So let's start with scurvy. Scurvy is when someone is deficient in vitamin C. And I'm sure maybe some of you've heard the story of the sailors 
who were experiencing scurvy. They were dying of scurvy. They were eating nothing fresh while they were out there and they started developing a blood disease. They started having these emotions of irritability, depression. They were tired all the time, weak, and their bodies were experiencing all this pain. They had joint pain, leg pain. Their gums were swelling up and they were breaking out in all these rashes and eventually it led to death. And it wasn't until this British Navy physician named James Lynn stepped in and does some experiments on some of these sick sailors. And so he, he has some of the sailors take seawater, some of them take vinegar, and then some of them take lime. What he found was that the ones who lived were the sailors who were given limes. And then later through our studies, we find out that this is because scurvy is a deficiency of vitamin C and they were, they were literally dying from a deficiency of vitamin C. How about vitamin A? Vitamin A, we now know that when someone is deficient in vitamin A, it can cause vision problems. It could lead to poor retina health, blindness, and so much more if not taken care of. Then we have rickets. Rickets is a deficiency of the nutrient of vitamin D or calcium. And this leaves one with these brittle, painful bones, including leg, arm, pelvis, spine. It's, it, they're easy to fracture. Uh, their growth is inhibited. They may develop a soft, deformed skull, and then they experience all these complications in their dental health. They have a lot of cavities and teeth deformities. And then we look at B1. If someone's deficient in B1, they develop beriberi, which can affect their central nervous system. They could have uh, delusions and irritability, and it can affect their heart, their cardiovascular system. And then anemia, we understand that when someone's deficient in iron, they may be anemic. And signs of that would be like their skin is pale in color and their hands are cold, like their hands and feet are always cold and they're feeling weak and fatigued. And of course, you don't want, if someone's having these signs, symptoms, don't just go give them, uh, don't just go give them iron and then expect them to be great. No, you always want to get tested for that because there's always a thing called too much too. So, um, but when you're deficient, this is what arises and someone could be anemic. So always get that tested first by a doctor and everything. Thyroid disorders. We saw a lot of thyroid disorders evolving when people were deficient in iodine. And then pellagra. Pellagra is a niacin deficiency. And when one is deficient in niacin, they start developing mental confusion, delusions, loss of appetite, and inflamed mucous membranes. In fact, there's uh, Dr. Abram Hoffer, he's an MD, PhD, and, and then there's Saul W. Andrew. I'm sure I've talked about them in the past. If I haven't, well, you should meet them. They're great, right? Well, in their studies, they have, do a lot of orthomolecular medicine, and they noticed that pellagra and schizophrenia had some of the similar symptoms. And so they wrote this book, it's called, I believe it's niacin or something, and I think Andrew Andrew Saul wrote that off of Abram Hoffer studies, or I'm not sure, you might just check it out for yourself, but they've done a lot of studies and they started noticing that these people had some of the similar symptoms. So they started actually treating their, their patients with orthomolecular medicine. And that means that they were using nutrition, they were using vitamins, minerals, they were using nutrition at therapeutic levels as medicine to treat their patients. And so if you wanna look up any of their studies, guys, that's Abram Hoffer, uh, Saul W. Andrew. Anyways, I hope this can help open your eyes to the possibility of a world experiencing a multi-nutrient deficiencies, searching for medications to fill the gaps. 
But Andrew W. Saul said in his book, Doctor Yourself, Natural Healing That Works, it's on page 11 and 12, he states that vitamins, like a vitamin can act as a drug, but a drug cannot take the place of a vitamin. Now, what does this mean? It means you cannot solve the problem, only mask the symptoms until you get to the root of the problem. And the root cause starts with your gut health. I mean, are you absorbing and utilizing your nutrients? Does your body have what it needs to rebuild and repair itself? It's proper nutrition that helps us grow. It's gonna help our body repair itself. And we were built physically in our mother's room through the building blocks of nutrients, whether it's from the multivitamin my mom was taking or me robbing it uh, from my mom herself and making her nutrient deficient. And when a baby isn't getting the nutrients that it needs, to build itself, we have seen that there could be possible of birth defects, such as a deficiency in vitamin A and the B vitamins like B12 cause uh, neural tube defects and other complications. It's the fuel of proper nutrition that continues to keep us functioning and repairing damage that we incur on a daily basis. So getting proper nutrition what does that even look like, you may ask? I don't even know. Well, it doesn't mean you just do a diet and you're good. You hear people say, oh, we'll just do keto Mediterranean or do paleo or something, right? And so they assume that they're healthy because they're doing that or that it should keep them healthy or that that's the answer to the problem. Or maybe they're just taking a multivitamin or a power-up protein shake and they think that's going to cover all bases. And if it doesn't, then they get disappointed and think that it didn't work. When in reality, we are individual beings with individual needs. And finding what works for you is a journey. Learning what supports a healthy system is going to take time and patience. It's important to support your gut health. Find what your triggers and fenders are and that you take what you're eating, right, in your regimen and find what's going to feed you and calm down your inflammation, what will rebalance your immune system, feed your cells, tissues, organs, body the right amount of specific nutrients that it needs to function because those nutrients are what makes you affecting your central nervous system. It's affecting your muscular health, your detoxification system, your immune system, your endocrine system, which is your hormones, your cardiovascular system, which is your uh, heart, your gut health, your bone health. So when our system is off and we just try to cover up the symptoms, it may look like we are proving for a time until it shows up in another form, another way, in a, from a side effect. So step back and look at the root of the problem. There could be multiple roots and one of them could be nutrient deficiency. Now, how do we know what our offenders are and what's gonna work for us? Well, it's important to work under someone for guidance, but to also study and learn for yourself. There is an elimination diet where you can take things out and then eventually start to bring something back in by itself and see how you react to it. There are sensitivity tests, stool tests, hair analysis, symptomology questionnaires, many different ways to go about this to start to learn what's affecting you and what your personal needs are. However, in this podcast, what I want to point out is if we can just understand the lack of proper nutri nutrition, even if it's just one nutrient deficiency can lead to a host of complications, then multi-level deficiencies could be linked to chronic illness. And maybe learning to fill the nutritional gaps needed in our health could be what Hippocrates started to recognize when he made that statement, let food be thy medicine and medicine be thy food. I also wanna point out that nutrition isn't just food but the thoughts that we feed ourselves, the outlook to life, our spiritual perspective with God. 
And this perspective can affect us on a cellular level. It could be a nutrient or or toxin, a, a nutrient or an anti-nutrient. Oftentimes, when our health declines, so does our bank account and the quality of life. We're here lying in a bed, miserable, scrolling through Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, whatever your social media of choice is, watching everyone else live their dreams while we feel robbed and deprived of ours. This thinking can then alter our perspective to God. Does he really care? Why isn't he helping me and, and moving in my life? We can form a belief that God is for everyone else but us and easy to fall into this self-promoting, self-protective mode where you feel alone and trying to stay alive, keep yourself alive. And then the words, there's no cure, can then become overwhelming. And we feel we are drowning in this disease alone. Where is God in all of this? When I start asking these questions, feeling abandoned in the struggle, that's when the Bible comes more alive to me than ever. In Matthew 8, 23 through 34, and Mark 4, 35 through 41, and Luke 8, 22 through 39, we find that Jesus and his disciples are tired. They have been busy with the crowds and it's exhausting. Jesus then leads them to the boat to get in and to travel to the other side. Have you ever been so tired? You didn't even hear your alarm go off and you just slept in, or you woke up the next day and found out that there was this intense storm that passed through and yet you didn't, you didn't hear it at all. You were just knocked out. Nothing could wake you up. Ever been so tired that the noise around you becomes silent as you fade off from intense exhaustion because of the need for sleep? That's what Jesus was experiencing. He had spent the full day with the multitudes pressing on him, following him. Jesus is in constant demand. So he's teaching, healing, ministering to others without a break. That the moment he steps into the boat, all this energy is just zapped out of him. The pressure is now off of him and he can fall asleep after just a wearisome, tiresome week. So he finds his opportunity to finally get some rest as he sends his disciples to the other side of the lake. In Luke 8, 22, 23, I'm reading through the New King James Version. It says, now it happened on a certain day that he got into a boat with his disciples and he said to them, let us cross over to the other side of the lake. And they launched out, but as they sailed, he fell asleep. Now in Mark 4, 35, it says, when evening had come, he had said to them, let us cross over to the other side. So they had a full day and now evening's hitting and the sun is going down as they are on the lake in the boat heading to the other side. Now, as Jesus lies there in the stern of the boat, he falls asleep. The evening's pleasant, peaceful, and serene. However, in this pleasant evening, a sudden windstorm arises. The blackness of the night leaves them visionless as fierce bursts of waves crash over their boat and the winds of fury leaves these skilled fishermen feeling their lives are being threatened. Here, these men who have spent most of their lives fishing, who have dealt with storm after storm in their past and their fishing career, are now suddenly found helpless in a storm where they have no control over doing everything they know possible to do to save their lives, yet nothing in all of their knowledge and skills is working. Does that sound familiar to any of us? Life was peaceful, we thought. We thought things were going well until we suddenly got swept away in a fierce storm with a chronic illness. Suddenly we are doing everything we possibly can to save our lives. Our time is limited and we see our boat sinking. 
We've dealt with storms in the past, but nothing like this. And we are fighting with everything we can possibly think of, but the storm is bigger than we can bail. We are blinded by the blackness of night with no vision of hope. And we are so absorbed in the effort of saving our lives that we've forgotten that Jesus is even on board. We don't hear him. We can't see him. Does he even care what we're going through? We see him do miracles for everyone else. But now that we are caught up in the worst storm of our lives, where is he? Because we don't see him or hear him. It's up to us now to save our lives. And we are the only one who really cares about us. It feels like he cares for everyone else but me. After the disciples have tried everything in their own effort, but nothing is working, and now only death lies before them, they wake Jesus to complain. In Mark 4, 38, it says, they awoke him and said to him, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? It's like they're saying, you cared for everyone else. Do I not matter? Where are you when I need you the most? In Luke 8, 24, it says, and they came to him and awoke him saying, master, master, we are perishing. How can you rest when we are in danger? In Matthew 8, 25, it says it this way. It says, then his disciples came to him and awoke him saying, Lord, save us. We are perishing. Now, this is what the gospel says about it. But in my imagination, I picture the story for us and it a little, goes a little something like this, a little different, but a little something like this. We're following Christ. We are being obedient to Christ. He tells us to get in the boat, so we obey. Things are going smoothly at first until out of the blue, we are hit with the biggest storm of our lives. We are in the darkest hour and no matter what we do, we're sinking. Our vision has perished. All hope is perished. And we are feeling alone, hopeless, and in despair. Where is God in all this? I did everything asked for. He's even used me to minister to heal others. But when I'm in my darkest hour, where is he? Does he not care? Did I do something wrong? Why would he bring me this far to let me die? So we cry out to the Lord, save us. But the storm is so loud, we can't hear him. We can't see him. As we keep trying with our own effort to stay alive, again, we all teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? As we still fight to stay alive, wondering, does he even care if I die? Does he care about my dreams, what I want, how I feel about this? I am fighting for my life, but where is he? Then with a lightning strike, or in our scenario, with a word from another believer, we catch the glimpse that he's still in the boat with us. He's still with us. So we stop fighting and we run to wake him up, saying, Master, Master, we are perishing. This is our cry. We have tried everything in our own effort, and now we just fall at the feet of Jesus. And are we asking him for help, or are we telling him what's happening and what's going to happen? Master, master, we are perishing. Now, the human form of Jesus, who is in the boat dealing with extreme exhaustion, is now waking up. But get this, even though his physical body hurts from fatigue and longs for sleep, his tender heart breaks for his disciples. He hears their voice of turmoil, fear, and cry for help. And despite his physical agonizing body at that moment, still, never once does he close his ears and fold his hands to their cry. And just like that, never once will he close his ears and folds his hands to our cry for help. In Matthew 8, 26, he said to them, Why are you fearful, O ye of little faith? Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, 
and there was a great calm. In Mark 39, 40, it reads this way. It says, then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. But he said to them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? In Luke 8, 24 and 25, it's put this way. Then he arose and rebuked the wind and the raging of the water and they ceased and there was a calm. But he said to them, where is your faith? So in each of these stories, whether he rebukes the sea first or after he spoke to his disciples, the common denominator is that he calmed the physical nature of the sea and then spoke to the raging sea of fear. I imagine Jesus standing up and raising the hands that will one day be nailed to the cross for us. The same hands people will spit on, ridicule, accuse as powerless. Yet those same hands demonstrate that he is not just Lord over the land, but over the sea, over the sky, and one day take back the keys to death. As it says in the word, death, where is your sting? You have no power over me. Those same hands will bring us victory over death are the same hands that calm the raging sea. And he speaks words, peace, be still. Not only is he speaking to the wind and the waves, but he is speaking peace, be still into your life. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives, I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. John 14, 27. In Psalms 46, 10, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. He is God over the nations. He's God over the earth, God over the seas, God over our storms, God over our lives. When he is saying, peace, be still, he's not just speaking to the winds and the waves, but he's speaking to the heart that is of little faith, to the heart that is living in fear, to the life the devil has tried to overly destroy through sin and poor choices, wanting you to believe that in your darkness, there is no hope. God is saying, peace, be still. He's saying, peace be still into the life that fills the storm within them out of control. Maybe cancer has taken over or autoimmune has left you depleted and lifeless. To the soul who finds all hope is gone. All effort has been spent and they see their boat filling with nothing but death ahead. God does not love you less. He's not ignoring your cries. God has not left you. He is still in the boat. And when we find nothing on our own effort can save us, so you leave trying to fix your own problems and instead you fall at the feet of Jesus and cry out to him. He raises the hands that were nailed for your salvation, the hands that will heal, the hands that have control over the crashing winds and waves over the sea, the hands that hold the keys to death and life. He says, peace, be still. Peace to the broken heart. Peace to that fearful spirit. Stillness, still to those doubts and unbelief. Peace, be still. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Matthew 28, 20. Thank you for listening to My Health Renewed Podcast with Health Coach Christy. I really appreciate your support. Again, please like, do share with any and everyone, everyone. And uh, check out my website at myhealthrenewed.com. You can go on there. You can contact Coach Christy and actually set up a personal one-on-one time just to get to know each other. Tell me a little bit about what's going on with your struggling. Let me 
kind of see if there's anywhere we could uh, work with each other and help each other out. So I just want you to know I'm here for you. Maybe you just need some prayer. I pray for you. And if there's any topic that you would like to uh, hear about, more about, please, you know, reach out to me at Christy at MyHealthRenewed.com. That's Christy at MyHealthRenewed.com. And send me an email. We're still a beginning podcast, so I will do my best to incorporate that uh, a podcast in there just for you. So, all right. Shout out to my mom because it was her birthday last week. Happy birthday, my mom. Love you lots. Bye.